It's the best of the worst B-movie breakdown 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 I'm sick of your horses I'm sick of your scepters Sick of your crystals Know what I'm not sick of? Podcasts. Boom. <laughs> Welcome to B Movie Breakdown. Uh, I am Corey. I am DRC, and this is a weekly podcast where we find the humor and enjoyment in low budget and lesser known films of the past and present. All the films we watch are available on Netflix streaming, so you two can join in on the fun. If there are any suggestions you have for movies, uh, send them over to our Twitter at BNB Podcast, our email, bnbpodcast at gmail.com, our website, bnbpodcast.com, or uh, in a comment on Facebook or something, you know, facebook.com slash bnbpodcast. Uh, also, subscribe on iTunes, that uh, definitely helps us a lot. And while you're there, leave us a, you know, a badass little review. That'll help us out as well, because uh, this week's movie was not so badass. It was <laughs> very much boring. Well, you know, this podcast is like a roller coaster or a manic depressive. It has its highs, it has its lows, and we're in the serious manic depressive period. Or last week was one of our highs. <laughs> this week is one of our lowest lows. <laughs> Seriously, this might be the lowest of the low we've done so far. Oh, uh, I can think of lower, but okay. What, what did you think was lower than this? Um, Land of Doom? I mean, what was that I, other one? I mean, standards, but I mean, on the show we've done so far. I mean, as far as standards go, I think... I mean, you go, you get Mac and Me, that's pretty low, but it's enjoyably low. This was just boringly low. I don't think we've done one this boring yet. I really... Mm. Maybe Death Sport. Yeah, Death yeah. Death Sport might be on the same same wavelength as Crossworlds. Which, interestingly enough, you gave me four choices that week that I chose Death Sport, and this is one of the other three <laughs> that I picked up. <laughs> we'll see how the other two fare in the months to come. <laughs> yeah, uh, th- this week is our uh, 1996 movie, Crossworlds. Uh, stars Rutger Hauer and Joshua Charles. Also a, an early role for Jack Black as well. And Andrea Roth, who was Dennis Leary's wife on Rescue Me, and I'm not sure what else she's done, if she has done anything else, hmm. but... Yeah, I'm, I don't know. Uh, but this movie was definitely uh, boring. I uh, I even took a nap, a 30-minute nap halfway through the movie, because I was falling asleep watching it, and I knew I couldn't make it through the rest without at least getting a little bit of a little nap in there. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> there wasn't much going on in this movie. Uh, I got maybe four hours of sleep last night, and then watched it this morning, and could not have given any less of a fuck, like, whatsoever. I was like, good, I've got nothing to write down, because I don't feel like fucking writing. <laughs> yeah, this one, one thing already, okay, this movie... Some movies on Netflix aren't in full HD, so it gets cropped. Uh-huh. So, okay, the movie was already cropped on the sides. Mm-hmm. But then, the movie was also letterboxed, so it's even fucking smaller. I blame Andrea Roth, because they're doing the same thing to Rescue Me reruns on FX right now, which I think most of it was shot in full screen, but now they've, like, cropped it so it's just, like, a tiny rectangle within the rectangle of your TV, and I'm watching this like, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> seriously, that's how this movie was. I felt like I should have just be, I should have just fucking watched this on my phone. <laughs> 
Yeah, it was, uh, and also a lot of the film was really dark. I felt sometimes when when the color scenes, wise, yeah, when, <laughs> material wise, no, 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 no. <laughs> color wise, like uh, uh, sometimes you could don't couldn't even tell like certain things that were going on, especially in the opening sequence when that uh, guy who ended up being Joe's dad was in that tomb. Oh yeah, you didn't even get to see his face. You think that would it be was... like a good thing for this movie? Hey, your dad that died to try to save people. Like, no, let's not even show his face. And let's say it's set in Albania for no reason other than to make things seem exotic and legit even though it was obviously just and 20 on a 20 years earlier. Anyway. I always love that in movies when they always do like the however many years earlier and if the movie's supposed to take place like and then it goes back and it says now. It doesn't even say year. It just says now. So okay, this is supposed to be two thousand. Well, they don't want to date themselves. They want to let their bad CG do it for them. Oh my god, the CG, <laughs> the CG looked like it came straight out of a PlayStation One game. <laughs> Seriously, original PlayStation. That's 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 the kind of. Well, even most of the old PS One stuff I remember is better than that. I th- I think it was going borderline, maybe a, like original line of PlayStation games. So you got like your Tomb Raider with Laura Croft with her like triangle tits. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, triangle tits. I want to be in that club. Her and Rita Repulsa. Put my eyes out, baby. <laughs> uh, there's a. Okay, some people really, really love this movie. And for some reason, I found online that there's a big deal about it being compared to The Matrix. I don't um, know why. One person on Netflix who gave it five stars says All the people who say this, this is a Matrix ripoff, this movie was made two years before The Matrix. So. This movie's was, yes, as this movie's was, <laughs> a good show for low budget it was. If, <laughs> if, they had, if they had the money The Matrix did, then you would all be saying The Matrix was a ripoff of this. You know what? I wish we could have Rob Paulson read that in one of his, his like, foreigner character voices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... Uh... <laughs> this this movies was made two years before Matrix, so this movies was a good show for the low budget it was. If they had the money, the Matrix did. Then all you would be saying was the Matrix was a ripoff of this. <laughs> and then I see this other review on IMDb. They gave it the full like ten star thing you can get on IMDb. <laughs> ten stars, yes. This film is certainly a very rare breed of film. <laughs> story is very intriguing and has a certain level of mystery and bewilderment to it. <laughs> if you enjoy seeing movies about different dimensions and different worlds, this is the film to watch. I guess you can get the Matrix part out of that where it's different places, but in the Matrix it's not a dimension. Right. But so I don't. See, there's you can a, almost made, maybe say this is more like sliders. You know how they have boxes to check, like this person actually bought the product, so you know they're actually reviewing the thing, and not just like you know, mm-hmm. like the DVD itself, and not just having seen it on TV. There should be a box to check here, like were you high when you watched <laughs> this? Because that would explain a lot. And this person says the cast couldn't have been better selected. There isn't much just I can say without giving the film away completely, <laughs> but I will say the script paired with a com- competent cast and crew making it enjoyable to watch. The film is not loaded with violence or intense CGI graphics. <laughs> no, they're not intense at all. No. <laughs> they're very, very dull. I think there's a one shot where they look at the sky and then the goofy shit at the end where the guy like peels himself to death like an orange. <laughs> yeah, or when he sticks a thing through the guy and it keeps wiping through him. Mm-hmm. It almost reminded me of uh, the... in. <sighs> 
When they go through the portal thing in Super Mario Brothers, the movie. Oh. When they go through the stuff. It, like, it kind of <laughs> reminded me of that. Uh, the person also says, The dialogue seems nearly perfect at all instances. <laughs> And the characters are easy to relate to. I would have liked to see more of a relationship develop between Josh Char- Charles and the sweet blonde honey. <laughs> they smell blonde wrong. Another regret is that the filmmakers never left the door open for a sequel. Yes, they did! What the fuck? Totally did. It's not about winning, Joe. It's about keeping the fight going. Even though this film would be worthy of having one, go rent it. It will leave you feeling like a million bucks. (laughs) (laughs) The title of the review was "Good Clean Fun." (laughs) And then it says this review may contain spoilers. They even said they didn't want to give any spoilers away. There's not much you can really say with the... You don't give anything away to the movie because nothing really ever happens. Oh, God. Yes, this movie... That person is... There's another entertaining and well-acted, good, not great review. (laughs) So, uh... Somebody who was pumped to put this in their VCR and were a huge fan of Josh Charles from uh, Sports Night. Well... Okay, so we got Crossworlds. It, uh, the whole gist of the movie is Joe, who's like, uh, this college student. He has this crystal that holds the secret to interdimensional travel, and it was given to him by his father. And then this, I don't even understand how she tracked him down. Like, she just came across... It's like this ongoing thing they've been... That they Was it like Terminator? Like, when the first one, when he goes through the phone book and just looks up all the Sarah Connors, they've just been going to every Joe Talbot? I think they knew this thing was in our world and all that, and like yeah, but even vaguely where to find it, like, family-wise, but they said something like, um... Because he goes to some party, he comes upstairs all rejected, and he starts playing with the thing, and that's when things start happening. I think they said, like, briefly mentioned at one point, oh, you were touching the crystal, and that's what activated it and set it off, and people could find you. So, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, he, I don't know. Uh, Well, in the beginning, we see his dad in that tomb, and you're never really explained who anybody is for a long time, especially the guys in the suits, so I just kept writing down Men in Black. (laughs) Yeah. Because they literally just Just like fade in out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, And also, we mentioned before, Jack Black is in this movie, early role. (laughs) Basically plays Jack Black character, Mm -hmm. like, just, he's actually... A little tamer. Yeah, a little tamer. I think kind of annoying. Yeah. Uh, I I I mean, he was... More of his earlier roles were pretty annoying. Like, he was he was in an episode of The X-Files. I thought he was an asshole in that. He was in the second I Know What You Did Last Summer. He was he an asshole dread, in he that. He had dreadlocks yep, in that, yep. yeah. I was so glad when they finally killed him. He was in Airborne. I think that was even before this movie. Oh, yeah, that was like 94. Uh, also, he was in Never Ending Story 3, which is definitely before Airborne, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I he plays a bad, bad guy in that. Uh, bully. <laughs> he plays a bully. Oh, I thought he was like the big bad. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's like a bully in that's chasing the kid around in the beginning and during the movie or whatever. Uh, like yeah. nothingness? No. Evil sorceress? No. no, we got Jack Black for the third one. <laughs> so... I like how his friends, they made this big deal about this party they're having, which is clearly an every Wednesday party. <laughs> because it was it was the hump day party. And they seemed like they had it every single Wednesday. 
and they made such like a big ordeal about this specific one. And well, they come in and everybody's just like doing like the the slowest like limp dick of an attempt at dancing, just like eh, eh, like wow, this is the tamest party ever. Yeah, uh, the movie was so slow to start off with. It was really it was really tough to get through, especially the whole dance, the whole party scene. It's like can we just, they went, just stand and sway because they went and on. Forth? They went on with the conversation of she's looking at you for a good like five to ten minutes of oh she's looking at you no she's looking at you it definitely wasn't ten minutes but still it was it, it was, was pretty it was it was long it felt like ten minutes <laughs> and uh then Jack Black plays one of Josh Charles's friends and then so there's this uh, black guy too and it's basically token black guy and stoner friend mm-hmm. that's basically their character roles especially the black guy he's definitely the the token black guy I'm just the movie. Here so we don't accuse of being racist oh yeah definitely because otherwise I think he was the only black person in the whole movie except for the homeless lady Oh, I don't think she was black. I think she was just really dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she was oh, just a black the, face. The, <laughs> <laughs> Cross worlds, the world's most racist movie. Uh, oh, the queen at the end, she was black. Oh, right, right. So you get two. Two in the whole movie. Uh when um, it's two more you'll get in the Abercrombie and Fitch catalog. As the beginning of the movie started, I felt like I had seen it before, but as it went on, I really don't think so. I just feel like there were a lot of movies in that beginning scene that maybe Josh Charles was in in the nineties or something, because he's a pretty familiar face, and he was in quite a few movies in the in that time. What uh, was he in recently? Is he kind of fell off the face of the earth? I think um, he's on a TV show or something now. He was uh, the Good Wife or something like that on CBS. Maybe. He was in what was that movie? Was it SWAT? Or yeah, something? he was in SWAT. He ended up being like a bad guy in it or something. He was like a good guy they thought, and then he turned down the. <laughs> that movie was terrible. That movie was. Oh, they didn't have like LL Cool J in it. Like you could kind of LL Cool J, Samuel Jackson, Colin Farrell, Michelle oh. Rodriguez playing her typical. <laughs> oh, of course. Same role she plays in every other movie. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> like, well, don't blame us, folks. You knew what you're getting into with a cast like that. <laughs> <laughs> I did like. Uh, I did like the the scene just because it was so stupid of him getting denied by the girl who they all thought she was looking at. Well, she really looked like she was making eyes at him. I just think she was pissed he came up to her as such a pussy. Like, he comes and, like, tries, like, shitty dancing himself over, and he, like, like, hey, can I ask you a question? This isn't a come on. It's a survey. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, the thing is, though, this is the thing. The, the weirdest part about it is that she goes, he goes, uh, what does he say to her first? I thought it was just, can I ask you a question? Okay, and then... okay. he says, can I ask you a question? And then she goes, no. Yeah. She, she mentions something about she doesn't like being hit on or something like that at parties. And then he goes, no, it's for a survey for yeah. my economics class. And then mm-hmm. she goes, oh, okay, sure. Like, and then, but then, be, then she is against it. That's part of his pickup line. Because she would have rather just have him ask. Well, that's what he was going to do in the first place, but she said get away. So what the fuck does she want? Bitches be cray. <laughs> Seriously, especially this one, who ends up just dancing with some random uh, average Joe. And then the black guy goes, oh, I'm going to take my hand at this one. And then I guess he ends up banging her or something. You know, I never really see what happens with those two. But he's like, oh, I got this shit. So, um... 
He's like, I'm just gonna be over here, you know, with but my ego. But it's definitely really slow in the beginning. It's a lot of, especially the party scene is a lot of staring back and forth. Especially once he sees Laura in the corner, it's like this, like looking back, looking back. It's another like, is she looking at me? Mm-hmm. Moment without them saying it. And then she just disappears. And then she just disappears. And when he's up in his room, oh, this reminded me of Death Sport. She's he's up in his room, and. She comes into his room and like holds that knife to his his neck, and the knife is uh, a glass knife. <laughs> and it reminded me of Death Sport, how they had those glass swords. Well, let's let's not forget before that he's laying on his bed playing with his crystal, which you know what that was supposed to be for <laughs> metaphor for. Anyway, plays his answering machine. He gets this annoying message from his mother. You know what came for you today? I got another parking ticket for you in the mail. This one's for $38. <laughs> and it's 1996 money, Joe, so you know it's a lot more than that. <laughs> um, well, he's in his room. Okay. And then the men in black show up again. Well, uh, Laura shows up and does the glass knife thing. And then she's like, she looks out the window like, shit, they're here. Just sees a crow. Like, all of a sudden, we know that's it. Like, oh, fuck, the crow's here. <laughs> so then he goes to get out his own bedroom door, which would make sense. And all of a sudden, it's a desert out there. And like this Arab looking guy is charging at him on a horse. So what does he do but just shut the door and think he can make it go away like that? Which he does. <laughs> <laughs> well, the guys who work for the bad guy Ferris, uh, one, they have worse aim, I think, than stormtroopers do. Oh, yeah. And uh, they really like shooting cars. Yeah. I think that's a, like. A reoccurring thing in this movie is that anytime anybody's shooting a gun, there's always a car for the bullets to... So you can see the bullet that they're actually shooting or something. You always see bullet holes in, in the cars. No, I love the guy that blasts it with a shotgun from behind. Clearly goes through the back windshield. Nobody was ducking. Laura's head should have been taken clean off, but no. <laughs> it's okay. Just hit the windshield. We're all right. <laughs> uh, hey, and then she starts... Uh, okay... This was a real issue with me because I feel like they never really explained to Joe what was going on. Oh, yeah, no, they just pulled it. Just shut up and do whatever we say, kid. Like, really? Really? This poor bastard obviously doesn't know what's going on. You want him to help you and you won't tell him shit. Just to keep things tense and you can just keep bickering with each other throughout the whole movie to make up for the fact that nothing else is going on. (laughs) It really did bother me. Like, she... She, she tries to explain to him the one time when they're driving in the car when they first meet up, but then she's just spewing out like space nonsense and like how would he how would he even know what the fuck she's talking about? Like she's going on and on about like the slavery of this and all oh, this and this and my world and blah 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 blah. But yeah, you just fucking met this guy. He has no clue what the fuck is going on. You should probably try to explain it a little bit better than exactly you know like you know, all these like crazy terms and all these things, whatever the fuck she's spewing out. And, uh, well, we, we forgot to mention in the beginning, the whole thing is dealt with this guy named Ferris, who's a bad guy, who d- decided to, like, kill all these people in all these other worlds and eliminate all these races. He's and taken over his, his ins- own dimension, ins- and now he wants to take over all the rest. And then, of course, the second one he's trying to do is Earth. <laughs> Doesn't feel like going anywhere else first. Uh, 
Oh, and then we're we're introduced to Rutger Hauer shortly into the movie too, who is AT. And <laughs> Rutger Hauer, I he's had some all right roles like Blade Runner, really good in. But I always felt like he was kind of the poor man's Dennis Hopper. Yeah. Oh yeah. You should see the Hitcher. My God. Yeah. Is it terrible? Yeah. And then um, <laughs> then they make a second Hitcher movie. I think they did a remake. Is what it was really? not too long ago. Hmm. I thought they did like a, a Hitcher two and like Jake Busey was in it. Or Maybe something. they did, but Direct I know there was a, a remake not really? too long ago. Hmm. Like Rutger Hauer's all right. Like like I said, Blade Runner. That's probably his biggest role ever. Uh, I always liked him in um the movie with Ice T, where they hunt Ice T. Surviving the game. Oh. Like him and Gary Busey and a few other people, they they take Ice-T out like, in the middle of nowhere and they hunt him. Uh, I, I liked him in that as well. And most recently, Hobo with a Shotgun. Roger <laughs> <laughs> Howard was pretty great in Hobo, Hobo with a Shotgun. Uh, this the title alone is fantastic. <laughs> Snakes on a plane, Hobo with a Shotgun. <laughs> yeah. and uh, you need faggot with a meat cleaver. <laughs> Ticked off trainees with knives, why not? <laughs> 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 oh, here's my project now. You just gave somebody an idea. Did I get with a meat cleaver? <laughs> you just gave somebody a great idea, Dan. Um, so, Rucker Howard, I don't know what, what was he doing? I don't know, he's working on some goofy thing that obviously doesn't do anything because you never see him use it in the whole movie. It was like this weird, like, piecemeal, like, metal globe type of thing, but it didn't really look like a globe other than it was round and spherical, but and he that's had the best I can over. describe it. Yeah, he had several of them, and one of them was, like, in progress. Like, and, they almost, and they almost looked like they were, like, a, like a vehicle or something. <laughs> I thought maybe this was going to be how they transported through... Dimensions. Now that would have made too much sense. <laughs> Use my my hidden room at this no-tell motel that you can only get to, I guess, by walking around a couple trees the right way. <laughs> and Laura does that a couple points, and it just makes this weird, like, sound effect. I'm like, oh, God, don't tell me this is going to be like BMX bandits now. Like, she's so extra-dimensional when she walks and shakes her ass. You get, whoo. <laughs> hey, I did like Rucker Howard's badass duster he wore. Yeah, the whole movie for whatever reason. <laughs> and then uh, he did he change his clothes a couple times at least like his what he's wearing underneath. I know she, she probably didn't. did because at one point there was like she almost the, a day between. Yeah, you know. but she never did though. Right, she had the same clothes on the whole time. Well, didn't she get kidnapped though? Like that—that that would put a damper on. Yeah, changing but there was her a couple clothes. days though where they were all together and stuff, and she could have easily changed clothes because uh, Joe does. He changes clothes multiple <laughs> times. She couldn't have just gone to the store and bought some clothes. Or these clothes aren't from my world. Being a cross-dimensional hero means never getting to buy new clothes. <laughs> 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 yeah, and and really the whole time, the, this whole movie is just Joe going along with this shit, with never being explained to anything. Hey, hey it's not Joe. It's Joseph, alright? Get that through your head. Yeah, he was... That was a really weird thing. <laughs> He's like, it's not Joe, just it's gotta Joseph. let everybody know I've got a stick up my ass. Yeah. He called me Joseph. And at the end, he's like, it's Joe. 
Just plain Joe. <laughs> like that was was that supposed to be the badass line to end the movie yeah. or something? <laughs> like, be here for the sequel, just plain Joe. <laughs> Crossworlds two, just plain Joe. <laughs> uh, Crosswords tool, just say Joe. <laughs> just say Joe. <laughs> oh jeez. God damn Crossworlds. Um Well they go when they go to that museum, okay, that's the next place the movie takes us. the college that he's going to, mind you. Like, some some big official building. Like, the three of them go there. They go up the steps, and... What was it? Rutger Howard doesn't want to go in because he wants to keep watch for them. <laughs> That's when you and see then, the homeless lady. And then Josh Charles pusses out, too. And he's like, no, I'm going to stay out here, too. And Laura's like, fine, I'll just go in there myself. And they're like... There's too many eyes out here. There's like a Mexican gardener guy who's clearly just planting flowers. And then this full-on bag lady looking completely disgusting with this gigantic overflowing shopping cart of shit up on this college building with nothing else around it really but flowers because God knows a full-on hobo has reason to be here. She's going to find so much of interest to her. (laughs) And she doesn't end up being a bad guy either, which I guess would have been better in the end. Like, oh, obviously plant for a bad guy, but nope. She's just there. No, the bad guy ends up being the uh, guy in the museum. Right. Which... And sometimes you just need a hobo. <laughs> the thing that didn't make sense, doesn't Laura know what Ferris looks like? You'd think she would. You'd think you'd know the face of your evil overlord, but apparently not. It seemed, But it seems like it later that they have previously met. Mm-hmm. So, she talks to him in the in the museum as he's explaining the staff a thing. If if he knew where the staff was in the damn museum, why didn't he just grab it right then and there? You know... Like, instead of showing them where it was, why didn't he go and take it? When he's starting to tell her this story, all of a sudden the background fades out and you get this shower of sparks around them and she's seeming like she's getting hypnotized. So I would have given her that at first, I guess. But I don't know. Like, if <laughs> if that's happening, then why didn't he just, you know use that again if like Joe broke his power at first why didn't he just hypnotize her again and get her on his side but no (laughs) that would have made too much sense yeah I don't know it's hard to even talk about much of this movie because it was so so damn boring rather than bring in his goon squad which he has he decides to bring a couple of suits of armor to life and they have you can clearly see people inside multiple times it's supposed to be an empty suit of armor but you could see right through the visor oh there's a person in there (laughs) and so their their big thing that they do (laughs) is basically just break all the glass cases in the museum like they make the barest attempts at like swinging swords at our heroes, but all they really do is break glass all day. Yeah, and okay, so then then they and then on their way out, Joe goes, "This place is history because <laughs> it's a history museum." <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, when they go on their way out, they go through what you're thinking is a portal. So I'm thinking, "Oh yeah, sweet, they're gonna go to some other crazy place or whatever." Nope, they're just on the beach or some shit. And are we in another world? Nope. Two shirtless guys with surfboards walk up. Oh, tell me there's machine guns in those surfboards. Nope. Thanks, guys. <laughs> and then when they... Okay, they get in that car. How the hell did he know where those keys were? Yeah. Because <laughs> if I'm parking my car somewhere, I know I leave a spare set of keys under the hood so anybody can steal it. <laughs> he's like... And he makes these, like, duh, keys. Like, okay, that's where you always look. Like, maybe above the visor? I love how they're just... That's like a thing, but, like, under, like, under the bumper? I love how they're just so casual. Well, we just gotta steal a car and get going. Okay. 
Bus, let's, let's, let's steal a station wagon, a piece of shit station wagon, so if we get into a car chase, we won't have maneuverability. <laughs> uh, the, um... Okay, Ferris, who the the main evil bad guy here, he sucks. Oh yes, he's a really really shitty bad guy. Uh, I, I I he wasn't very convincing as a bad guy at all. He had some you know, little sly and you know smart remarks every now and then. He was uh, his goons did all his work for him, and he apparently had some sort of telekinetic powers and able to move all kinds of shit, which is never explained. You don't really understand how and why he's able to do this. He just is. And they don't ever say that he's some sort of, like, wizard or anything like that. He's just a bad guy. He's just a guy who wants to take over dimensions. Yeah, but... Like, well, Rucker Howard's from dimensions, <laughs> another, the same dimension, too, but he doesn't have all these powers, and neither does she. Right, so, so I mean, how does this guy have them? Yeah, how does he, this guy have all these powers? Where did he get them from? Uh, they also mention when they're in the other dimension, of which I thought was hilarious, that, uh... Well, if you puke, you'll t- be turned inside out. It's, they're basically just out in the desert with like an orange filter over everything. Like, oh, this is this is cross worlds. It's the area between other dimensions. And he but says, but they don't ever really go to another dimension. Yeah, they go there like one time in that building where he's keeping them. That's, but that's not even in another dimension. That's on Earth, isn't it? Right. Like he's just got his little weird tricks and things guarding it. You know. Yeah. Well, so I don't understand. They never go to the home world. Yep. They always just go to the crosswalk. Well, that was the sequel bait, Corey. It's like you didn't see Zion in the Matrix, which they also obviously stole from Crossworlds to hold people over for the sequels. Yeah, definitely. You gotta see Zion. Well, they just go to the Crossworlds, which I guess is the Matrix, people <laughs> that want to compare it to. Or Earth is the Matrix, and Crossworlds is the real world. I don't <laughs> really get the Matrix, uh, why so many people compare this movie to the Matrix at all. So while they're wandering in this Crossworlds desert, they give them a little bit of an explanation about how the crystal and that scepter will grant you the ability to cross between dimensions, and this guy wants to take over them all. And Joe goes, well, how many dimensions are there? And A.T. goes, don't get hungry. Hung up on numbers, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> and when they're in that crossworlds, they have a fight with some uh, red Arabs. Yeah, these Arab-looking warrior guys, dressed in red uh, garments, and and it's just so ridiculous. It's such a horrible fight scene. The what's her face is terrible in oh, yeah. the fight scenes. Her she, choreography is just absolutely awful. It looks like something on like VIP or oh yeah, a really shitty episode of Baywatch hey, or something. Granted, she's not a martial artist, but you know she could kick with a little more authority. But yeah, the fight scene is absolutely horrible. I really didn't. I think this is kind of when I started dozing off because. I think I does off for like a quick second, and all of a sudden he's in his home. Well, yeah, well, the whole dimensional crossover thing doesn't make sense, because supposedly they need this crystal and scepter to be able to do it, or at least do it well. And then, you know, I guess the, the bad guys were traveling without it at first, but, you know, like, they get in a fight in the Crossworlds desert, and a guy, one of the bad guys just trips Joe, doesn't even hit him, just trips him, and he falls down, and instantly he's somewhere else. And, like, this happens a lot throughout the movie. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't, yeah. It, this movie is like, you, I guess you're just as lost as Joe, because you're not explained If anything. we keep changing the scenery, it must be cool, right? <laughs> Yeah, and so then when he goes back home, he's getting arrested for a hit and run. Well, as he was peeling out of his driveway at the beginning when people are shooting up his car, he hits somebody else's car on his way out of the driveway, which, you know, makes sense. Your life is on the line. But apparently it was not one of the bad guys' cars, but somebody at the party. 
and they reported him. Which I guess you know makes what a dick move. Well, if I guess you if you're somebody there. that was there that didn't know him, like, wouldn't you? Like, yeah, I guess. And like, especially if he's gone, like, oh, this bitch is obviously ducking me, so it makes sense. <laughs> and supposedly, it's been longer than like the time that's been passing for them while they've been doing stuff. I don't know why. Again, it doesn't make sense. There's no need for this, no explanation. But you know, they're like, yeah, you're under arrest for a hit and run. He's like. He looks, and the bad guy fixed his car for some reason. Like, wait, my car's fixed. See, like, yeah, so what? Tell it to the judge. Like, really? Really? If you got a car that's completely fixed and doesn't look like it's been in an accident, that doesn't give you at least a little bit of pause? Yeah. Well, then it's, well it doesn't matter because his mom just bails him out. And there's no really. He's like, do not call my mom. Cut to his mom bailing him out. There's no real re- repercussions for anything that anybody does in this movie. Oh, no, no. I love. Shots. So I want to. I don't understand. What I don't understand is. When there's gunshots going going off and all this other stuff, nobody else can see this shit? Nobody else can hear these gunshots going off? Yeah, you'd think that would have been a bigger thing. Oh, shots fired at this place. Oh, and a hit and run, too, with a car that nobody was in, nobody got hurt. But you... We should be more worried about the gunshots, but no. But, I mean, yeah, and anywhere else are shooting guns. It's, it yeah. all takes place on Earth, but nobody else seems to notice or care or anything. <laughs> it's just like, oh, this is the Crossworlds people, so fuck them. You know? There's, we don't uh, want to get involved, not because we're worried about our personal movie, safety. I, I, we just don't want to be in this shitty story. I'm sure this movie was direct-to-video. I really don't think it was in theaters. Uh, it might have been. It might, we don't know. <laughs> For, like, one weekend. <laughs> yeah, who knows? They released some pretty crappy things in theaters, so it might have been in theaters. Uh, at this point in the movie is when I took a 30-minute nap because I was falling asleep while watching it, and yeah. Well, the well, bad guys managed to capture Laura, and you don't know what happened to A.T., but apparently he gets away. I, I, I did love that. Although... I did love in the part where Joe's leaving the prison and they play that shitty, cheesy, like, 90s buzz ballad mm-hmm. while he's driving the car. And literally, <laughs> his car ride lasts the whole song length. Yeah. Oh, but before that, he's talking to his mom. He mentions something about the crystal, and she tries to act like she doesn't know what's going on. He calls her out, and she's just like, Well, I didn't want to give it to you because I knew you were too immature, Joe, and you are. So why did you give it to him? Why did you give him this important thing if he's too much of an idiot to handle it? Why didn't you just keep it locked away or you could have dealt with it when you had better resources or something? Why did you let this happen, bitch? He can't even pay his parking tickets, and you gave him the key. The thing is, though, I don't even understand why anybody needs it. Why do they need it? It seems like they can travel through dimensions just fine without it. <laughs> there you go, Corey. Right? <laughs> the whole thing's just unraveling, much like the henchman at the end. <laughs> Seriously. I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand. There's. I don't understand why they need the staff. Okay, I get it. You need the staff so you can put the crystal in the staff so then you can travel through the dimensions. They seem to be traveling through dimensions just fine. Or can they, this... can they not get back to their world without it? Can they only get to the cross worlds without it? I don't fucking understand it. Maybe they can do that fine, but with the staff and the crystal, they can do it finer. And then, like, I get do why the bad guy better. wants it, because he can use it for some sort of evil something or whatever. They'll do it more better More better I guess. I don't fucking know. And anytime there's anybody in this movie where you might doubt for the slightest second they're a good guy, they're always a bad guy. Yep. It's never like... There's no surprises. You know, it's always so obvious. Like that little guy that shows up. 
It's yeah. like the mission's in jeopardy. It's very obvious that this guy's a bad guy. Yeah. Aren't all the goons wearing suits unless they're Arabs? Oh so no, this guy's wearing a suit, but his isn't black Arabs and white. Black, black and, and red. red. So yeah. this, <laughs> so that he should have like pulled off like a fake mask and then just been one of the Arab guys underneath. <laughs> 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 Surprise, motherfucker! Yeah. And there's real, and in your, uh, and you're, we're already like halfway, over halfway through the movie, and there's no, there's no plot development, there's nothing. It's just slow. It's just a slow-moving movie with nothing developing at all. You barely get any explanations of what is going on. uh, And then they're all captured at one point. Well, they, the midget guy in the suit who Joe's too dumb to realize is a goon. Gets him to go and find A.T. and then springs his trap on them, captures them, and brings them to this big fancy office building where... What's his name, the bad guy? Ferris. There you go. Ferris is holding, um, holding Laura. And they're taking him through this building. And like in the background, I hear... Uh, line two, it's your call from Bombay about the body parts. What's that for? (laughs) (laughs) And then, they're just walking through this big open office, there's nothing, like, weird or anything about it, and Joe looks around and goes, what is it with you guys in your rooms? (laughs) (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Yeah, and then there's more, like, examples of Ferris and his teleconnect abilities. Wraps a rope around AT, can turn stone dogs into real dogs. Yeah, who just run up and bark at them a few times, then sit and do nothing. Oh, oh my god, oh my god. Okay, one part I really wanted to get to, holy crap. Okay, when they're pushed off the building, okay, mm-hmm. they're on top, of the very top of the building, Joe gets pushed off, and a good five to six seconds later, Laura's pushed off, uh-huh. okay? When they when they're about to land, they're basically yeah, level. They catch up to each other in free fall. God, I love that that attention to physics there, that fidelity and when fidelity and to when, the laws and when of nature. And when they get sent to the crossroads or whatever, they're like sparks they left behind hit at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. I was just like, holy shit! She was clearly pushed off at least a good six seven seconds after him. It was like, why didn't they just push him off at the same time? If that's what they were going for. Why didn't they do a lot of things, Corey? <laughs> yeah, why didn't they have a story? Because they really didn't have one. Because one thing I don't also don't get about this movie is that, okay, A.T. mentions how nothing is real. And I and I can't, and I took that a little bit further into it as in like, okay, Ferris, how does he do all this shit? Why is all this shit happening? He can turn stone dogs into real dogs. Nothing's real. Nothing is what it seems. All this, you know, whatever else like this. Like, is this a whole movie just a goddamn dream? Like, really, I felt like that was going to be the end of the movie. Joe just wakes up, and he just had this crazy dream. And then she shows up again, and you go, here we go again. Or, or it's like uh, it's like Labyrinth, like at the end when she like wakes up in her room, and like she sees all the stuffed animals of all the characters that she met throughout the thing. I thought, man, what is that going to happen? He's going to have action figures of all the people <laughs> that were out there on the thing in his room, and he just had one big dream about his action figures or some shit. I could see that. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, um, because another right. thing that doesn't make sense is At. He blows himself up mm-hmm. when they're in that junkyard. Oh wait, wait, we're not there yet. When he's still in the building, Ferris is haranguing him about um, resisting him and all that, and he says whatever he says to him. He says, uh, "At responds, it must have been my asshole.' Period. We all have them. <laughs> I just love the fact that we've got the words <laughs> asshole.' Period together." 
Yeah. <laughs> if you've got an asshole period, I think you got hemorrhoids. You should do something about that. Asshole. Anybody that's listening to this, go out sometime when you're with your friends, your buds, your bros, especially if you've been drinking. Say something about you had your asshole period. It will spark wonderful, wonderful conversation. Sorry. Sorry, man. I'm ass-ragged it today. <laughs> <laughs> What was the other out-of-context thing that you had? Oh, okay. The um, asshole period thing was great. The, they are going to get the scepter uh, with our... Joe and AT are trying to get the scepter because apparently Laura's been captured or separated again, whatever. He takes them to this junkyard. Oh, Laura's with him, but she's somewhere else. They take him to this junkyard. He's like, where's the scepter? He goes, here. He points to this junk car. And Joe goes, you turned it into a car? And he goes, no, dumbass. It's in the trunk. (laughs) (laughs) So he gets it out of the trunk. Then the bad guys come again. He had the trunk rigged with explosives, which I don't know why, because he was obviously able to open it without any trouble and get the scepter out. But they're still in there and ready to go, apparently. So he gets Joe and Laura out of there with the staff. And sets off the thing and blows him and a bunch of the goons up. Okay, he blows him and the main goon and the other goons up. Why did he blow that whistle before he blew up the bomb? Mm. He just put a whistle in his mouth and blew it. It was almost like a dog whistle. I don't... Why did they do anything, Corey? <laughs> I just kind of stopped asking questions. <laughs> So he blows himself up, but then he's just alive. Suicide like, like whistle. Does, 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 does anything... Nobody ever dies in this movie. Well, Ferris... They mentioned that Ferris brought them back somehow, but if he's got all these powers, I don't know why he needs this crystal and scepter so much. He brings him back and the main goon back, only to just kill the main goon for being a dumbass. <laughs> he just, like, speaks at him, and he, like... In the worst CG I've ever seen, just about, just like unpeels <laughs> like an orange and it just like shreds into like it was crap almost and looked disappears. Like, the CG looked like it was on like reboot. Yeah. <laughs> like even worse than that though, because I think reboot was still kind of good for its time and this <laughs> yeah. was not. Uh, so, okay, when they're gonna travel to another dimension, the one time they're about to travel. And then okay. Oh, but so okay. you need wind. Joe and wind yeah, Joe travel. and Laura are trying to travel on them by themselves now, and like they they have to be out in the desert and let the wind blow, and then face the other way or something, and then they get transported. This is the other out of context thing that I have really loved, where um, Joe has the staff and the crystal, and he's trying to find whatever thing they need to trigger this so that they can travel and like stand there and do their wind thing. And uh, or Laura's looking for it actually, and which would make sense since she's traveled before. And she says, uh, "It's right around here." Okay, she says, "I can't find it." And he goes, "I thought you knew where it was." <laughs> well, you're a woman. If you can't find it, I think we might as well just give up the whole thing. <laughs> Ladies, if you can't find your own, don't expect us to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I so if you I guess if there's not a windy day you're shit out of luck and you're stuck in cross worlds <laughs> because you're gonna be yeah and no one ever dies in this movie until that uh, that one guy ends up turning into like a fucking fruit roll up or some shit. Uh, 
And I don't understand how anybody can do magic, because then at one point you learn when they're in the cross... Finally, when they're in the cross world, AT can do magic. He can make some sort of force field in front of him, mm-hmm. while uh, Ferris has, like, a pipe that shoots flames out of it or some shit. I don't understand how... Oh, God. And you know what? And then the, they're jumping from, from, from place to place to place. It reminded me of that movie Jumper. I don't know if you've ever seen that with Hayden Christensen and Samuel Jackson. No, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, this reminded me a lot of yeah, that. Yeah, this is, like... Joe takes on Ferris, and they, like, basically, if somebody punches the other person, they end up in a different location for no real reason. <laughs> oh, punch him. you punch you into the office building. I'll punch you into tiny little square concrete room. I'll punch you into a field of snow. I'll punch you back into the desert. Yeah, and he pu- d- punches him in the dick at one point. Too. Oh, they, they go at this pagoda thing that's somewhere along the Southern California shore. I don't know exactly where, but they've used it in Power Rangers, VR Troopers, and plenty of other, like, cheap martial arts movies, like, just to make it seem there's someplace Asian, like, oh my god, he must have punched them over to the Orient, don't you know? No, they're just in Southern California. They didn't go anywhere, because <laughs> this movie has no budget and sucks. <laughs> yeah, this movie really did suck. It really did suck, and Joe ends up defeating Ferris with the with the staff. And I love when he pulled the staff out of him; the blood that came out, oh, it yeah. went back into him. That yeah. was really bad too. And like he basically like implodes into his own little black hole thing at the end. It like it shrinks into like this glowing asshole, and then finally just puckers <laughs> out of existence. I was waiting for completely. shit to come out of it. Yeah. Like in that episode of South Park when the Walmart uh, implodes, yeah. and the, shit comes out the hole at the end. Uh, yeah, so like, but, like there's bad. no explanation given. Like Joe is slicing away at this guy with the scepter, and if it's a weapon that would work against him, it just keeps passing through him like he's smoke. And then he goes to stab him with it, and suddenly it works with no reason why. Yeah, ah, uh, yeah. And it, all these years of battling, all this time battling this guy and his goons or whatever, however long they've been doing this for, which seems like it's been like decades. It just took this one time with this one guy and this one battle to defeat them. Like, all these years of things just led up to one little small instance. Like, it wasn't even a great big thing. Like, you'd think, like, a war that's been going on like this would end in some sort of some sort of epic way instead of just something so small and insignificant. Yeah. If he's got this tremendous army at his command, where are they? Why doesn't he have at least a battalion out helping him? <laughs> and then they go visit the queen at the end, and you learn, like, A.T. had quit at one point, and now he's going to join back with them. He's got the secret little high-tech garage thing she's operating out of, whatever. A.T. says he's going to rejoin them permanently, and like, well, Joe, you keep the crystal, and we'll keep the scepter here, so they'll be separate, and which I guess makes sense. And like, so then so what do you want to do, Joe? Are you going to stay with us? Oh, yeah, you know it. Or like, it's Joe now. Just Joe. And yeah, so basically he decides to stay with them, but not really, because... She, he makes it seem like she's going to stay there, Laura. Like, she's going to mm-hmm. stay there. She's not going to go back to Earth with him. But then the next scene, it's them bang. It's like they just got done banging. Yeah, in his apartment. And then as his friends are, like, sadly trying to watch from the driveway. Yeah, what was that about? Even? Like, I didn't even get that. Why were they trying? Why were they? If they were going to peer in, why wouldn't they just go up to the door the gr- above the gr- uh, yeah. in his little apartment and, like, look through there? And why did he live out in that garage thing while they had the whole house to themselves? I think it was just separate 
because the house that we rented for the spring break I went to down in Georgia had a quote-unquote guest house. It was really just attached to the house, but you couldn't get into it except to go outside on this outer walkway uh-huh. thing and walk in that way. So maybe it was something like that. Yeah, I just didn't get why he lived out there and they lived in the house. Back of the bus, honky. <laughs> yeah, <I guess. laughs> yeah, and But they're like, oh, everything's okay now. What about the hit-and-run charges you have? Like, oh, it doesn't matter. His mom paid it I off. Just won't, I just won't pay him like my parking tickets. They'll be fine. <laughs> but then they're just like, well, no, everything's going to be fine. And then that damn crow's in the window again. And it was just like, oh, here we go again. Just like Land of Doom. Just have those guys pull up in their car again. They'll just be our signature thing to end out these shitty movies with no plot that want to act like they've got the biggest plot ever. They just roll up in their car. Here we go again with the dad from, or the alien dad from Mac and Me behind the wheel. <laughs> We'll be back. Uh, yeah, this movie just... And then, the end credits, they're playing like this weird, like, wannabe African-sounding song <laughs> to close it out. Why? <laughs> what did this movie have to do with anything like that? And then at the end, they have a special note. The Crossworld soundtrack is available on cassettes and CDs at your local record store near you. How do you even have a soundtrack? You've had two songs in the whole movie. Did you put out that precious score you made for this? <laughs> like, really? Or did you just cobble a bunch of songs inspired by Cross- movie Crossroads? <laughs> collective Soul. We need to find this now. I, Col- I forgot to do this because I watched the movie so late. Collective Soul uh, wrote a song and they're inspired by the movie Crossworlds. We need to scour eBay, see if we can find this Crossworld soundtrack. I can see if I can Google it real quick. Wouldn't it be awesome if they planned on having one and then realized the movie tanked and then There's just There's an IMDb it? page for the soundtrack to Crossworlds. <laughs> well, there we go. Oh, here we go. <laughs> There's the tracks. You got Jalopy, performed by Daisy Hayes. A lot of stuff <laughs> performed by Daisy Hayes. Michael Engelhard and Kevin Houlihan, which is probably just somebody's friend that, you know, pounded shit out on their keyboard. Intergalactic King Tango. <laughs> Yeah, this is like nobody you've ever heard of, so... I don't know. And it's only got, like, what? Less than ten tracks. Eight, maybe? Yeah, eight tracks. Buy that eight-track soundtrack CD for Crossworlds, guys. (laughs) Oh, you get that cassette. More bang for your buck. You get four songs on each side. Yes. (laughs) Side A, side B. (laughs) Let's turn it to side B. Yeah! (laughs) Crossworlds! Oh my. I wonder if anybody actually bought this soundtrack. Or maybe it's like the E.T. from Atari. They just went out and buried him all in the desert. All the cassettes and CDs from the Crossworld soundtrack. Oh man, I could see that. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, this movie, well, we're laughing now. I definitely wasn't laughing while watching the no. movie. I was bored out of my fucking mind. one of those things mind. you laugh about in retrospect. <laughs> Seriously, I don't think I could have laughed with like a group of fifty people. Everybody would have just been falling asleep. It's on like each one other. of those things where just like one day we'll look back on this and laugh. Well, it didn't take us one day. It's just like later in the day. <laughs> oh God, yeah. But this movie it was it was a snore fest. It was really boring. It, it sucked. It just plain sucked. It, that's really all I can say about it. Is it just plain sucked? 
You know, uh, I'd say uh, Andrea Ross should come back and be on Time Angels, do that spinoff from NTSF SDSUV, <laughs> the way she kicks like that. That'd be awesome. <laughs> uh, well, next week our movie was suggested by, once again, um, Movie Vigilante, at Movie Vigilante on Twitter, which is the... I have the wiki page up right now. It is 1981 film called The Pit. And the tagline for it says, Jamie wouldn't kill anyone unless Teddy told him to. <laughs> and there's like a, some people falling into a pit with some ghouls-looking things and the little boy holding a teddy bear. Uh, it looks absolutely ridiculous just from that. It is not available on Netflix, but it is available on YouTube. Just search The Pit 1981. You should be able to find it that way. We'll put a link up on the site so you can watch the movie as well. I'm hoping this one has a lot of um, more ridiculous moments and a little bit more fun to watch than uh, Crossworlds was. Also, for uh, looking two episodes ahead, for episode 16, uh, we have the... I don't know how to say what her name is. The O-E-N-O Files... Oweno Files at the Oweno Files. I guess on uh, Twitter, her name is Miranda Griswold. She had tw tweeted us all about our Halloween Resurrection episode ah. and uh, seemed to be really loving uh, that episode. And that's how she got into the into the podcast. Was that episode? I think her love for the Halloween movies. And she'd been tweeting recently, and she had suggested us to watch the movie Ghoulies Three: Ghoulies Go to College. I didn't even know there was a Ghoulies Three. Ah. Uh, uh, I remember hearing about this. The, the poster looks ridiculous that I'm looking at right now. The ghoulies have, like, caps and gowns on and stuff. <laughs> I I remember the first two... Oh, yeah. Uh, didn't they come out of a toilet or some shit like that? I remember the, the VHS case for the first one, and there was, like, a toilet with the yeah. hands coming out. I think the first one was, like, more of a serious movie, or, like, this guy's getting into, like, black magic and summoning, and then creates them, and then they sort of get loose, and, like, they end up at, at like, this traveling circus or sideshow. Isn't that the, the second, second one? one? Yeah. But I thought that was it. I didn't know there was any more. Yeah, this one is going to be a little bit uh, harder to watch for everybody, which is unfortunate, but... The uh, the only way we can we're gonna be able to watch this one is on Amazon Instant Video. So if you can't if you can't watch it on there, it's understandable. It looks absolutely hilarious. It says out of the bowl and totally out of control. <laughs> and uh, apparently, this is the first time that the Ghoulies ever talk. As yeah, well. yeah. They don't talk in any other movies, and I guess this is the first time they actually speak. It says the film co-starred genre stalwart Kevin McCarthy. Um, it's available on DVD as part of an eight-horror movie DVD set. Oh, there's a Ghoulies and 4. And I guess it was Matthew Lillard's debut film. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, yeah, Ghoulies. There's a Ghoulies 4, which I watched the trailer for yesterday, which apparently the Ghoulies for somehow take the form of a human woman that's dressed in leather, and there's, like, little Troll 2-esque ghoulies as well. Do they crawl out of her vagina? I hope so. <laughs> like, oh, come back to my place. Oh, yeah, let me get up in there. Oh, oh, ghoulies! Oh, oh! So, yeah, I can't wait to watch Ghoulies 3. Oh, Jason Scott Lee is in it, too. <laughs> uh, I really don't know what happened to him, but... 
Uh, yeah, so Ghoulies 3, that'll be episode 16, but next week is The Pit from 1981, and that's available on YouTube, so you can find that. Both of them suggested on Twitter. You can do the same, suggest some movies, and uh, we'll watch these insane movies. And both of these look ridiculous, especially Ghoulies 3. So, uh, this has been B-Movie Breakdown, episode number 14, covering Crossworlds. Exciting, not really exciting stuff. So, uh, I'm Corey. I'm Dan. Just, just Dan now. Let's go into the Crossworlds. <laughs> <laughs> the worst. B-Movie Breakdown at the best of the worst.